Hi everybody, welcome back to the episode 44 of the Michiana People podcast. I know I've been gone for a while, but I'm back. Things got busy during the holidays and I didn't have time to talk to as many people as I wanted to, but I'm back with episode 44 and in this episode I've got Alan Stewart from the Hall of Heroes Superhero Museum in Elkhart, Indiana. The great thing about this museum is not only does it have the world's largest collection of superhero and villain memorabilia from the 1930s to the present day, but it has Alan who can tell you the history behind each piece in the museum. This guy has about 98% more knowledge in his brain than I could ever hold in mine. Make sure to check out the Hall of Heroes Facebook page. Also, I'm excited that Alan is giving Elkhart its own Comic Con. The Hall of Heroes Comic Con will be held at the Lerner Theater in Elkhart on March 11th and 12th. Now you may think that this is a scaled down version of the Comic Con, but it isn't. Dean Cain, who played Superman on the hit series Lois and Clark, will be there, along with the folks from Mystery Science Theater. There will be a cosplay competition and some of the greatest comic book illustrators and cartoon animators there have ever been. Check out details on the Facebook page, Hall of Heroes Comic Con. That's all you need to look for is Hall of Heroes Comic Con. And stay tuned to the Michiana People Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram because I'm going to have a couple tickets to give away for this great experience. I'm going to let Jason Staples do my sponsor read again as he does it better than I do. Jason is one of my favorite local comics and helps to manage the Drop Comedy Club. Check out his podcast, Weird Awesome on a Clucknut. It's very, very good. So here's Jason, and here's episode 44 with Alan Stewart. Great, great podcast. Thanks, guys. Hello. I'll be playing the part of Scott, the host of this wonderful podcast for the next few minutes. Mapletronics is a sponsor, and I work there. How long could your business operate if you could no longer use your software or connect to the internet? How much of your business data could you afford to lose? What level of productivity do you need to maintain and stay profitable? If you'd like to talk to me about your computer network and where you stand... You can call me at 574-537-5838 or send me an email at scurtis at mapletronics.com. There's no charge for my consultation or network evaluation. Give it a shot. If you're a business owner or in business development, you might have noticed how much harder it is becoming to get people's attention. As technology improves, the ability for consumers to choose when, where, and how they are exposed to a business's advertising or message improves too. Vala Marketing takes an interactive approach to getting and keeping attention using things like great social media, mobile-friendly websites and applications, search engine optimization, and original content creation. Vala can manage your entire digital marketing efforts on a monthly basis. If you're having trouble keeping up, would like to grow, or just need to figure out how to get people in the door to your website, Vala Marketing would like to speak with you. Give them a call at 574-606-6696 to set up a free consultation or a free audit of your digital marketing efforts. One more thing I should mention, my favorite place on earth is the Drop Comedy Club in South Bend, Indiana. We are now selling tickets for a special one-night-only show on January 26th at 8 p.m. with comedian Shane Moss. He's currently on a tour for his live show called A Good Trip. You might have heard Shane on a podcast like WTF Podcast with Mark Marin. Doug Loves Movies podcast with Doug Benson, or You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes. Or maybe you've seen him on Conan or Jimmy Kimmel or Netflix or Comedy Central. Shane Moss says this about his show A Good Trip. It's an hour and a half that is part stand-up, part funny stories of experiences, and part TED Talk. I will take us on a funny journey through the stigma, history, laws, and science of psychedelics. I will share personal experiences and talk about the effects of hallucinogens like mushrooms, LSD, and DMT. My hope is that I'm helping to both destigmatize and demystify psychedelics in a fun way. I am an advocate for psychedelic studies and rights. I'm no way encouraging everyone to do them. They aren't for everybody. They just happen to be for me. That all sounds great to me, and if it sounds good to you, you can visit us, The Drop Comedy Club, at thedropcomedyclub.com to get your tickets. The tickets are $10 if you buy them in advance, and they're $15 the day of the show. Thanks for listening, and I hope to see you there. I'm here at the Hall of Heroes Superhero and Comic Museum, is that right? Just Superhero Museum. Super, yep, superhero superhero museum. museum, yep. And I've got Alan Stewart, who has been collecting all this stuff that I just saw for 40 years. The first question i got to ask is, what started you in collecting all this memorabilia. You know, I, you know, I start about 1978. Okay. 
grew up watching um, not the original airings of the Batman television series, uh-huh. but like when they re-aired right. after school, like during the 70s, yep. that's when I caught it. Right. And so, you know, obviously watching that, the Super Friends cartoons, uh-huh. uh, big influence for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you kind of lead into the, you know, the Hulk and Wonder Woman television shows uh-huh. from the late 70s. Right. Uh, Grace American Hero, early 80s. I mean, just all of that stuff is is kind of where it all started from. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's funny um, you mentioned the Batman because I know I was, I'm just a little older than you. I'm 52 and you're not, you're not even 50 yet. Not 50 yet, 46. 46. 46. So I was watching that original Batman series before I could remember that I was watching it because it came <laughs> out in the, in the 60s. 66 to 68 yeah, is when so it originally Yeah, so I was just ran. a little guy. And then I watched it again the same time you were watching it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, my mom said that I would, when that show was on, I would be glued to the TV and I would never take my <laughs> eyes off of it. And I totally fell in love with it. And kind of a funny story that came from that, all the memorabilia you have, I haven't seen the, the, the piece that I had yet, but it may be over there. Um, my mom got me a ring and it was just, it was one of those rings that when you went a different direction, it oh, showed. Oh, the flasher rings. Yeah, it was yeah, flasher, flasher ring. ring. It, yep. showed, it showed the, the Batman symbol mm-hmm. and then it showed Batman. It was from the TV show. Right. I put everything in my mouth when I was little. The, the <laughs> ring ended up going in my mouth and it went down my throat and I was choked. And Ooh. my mom was quick to act. She had very long fingers and she just plucked <laughs> it right out. But she told that story forever. And I had that ring for a really long time. It ended up getting lost. But every time I see clips of that show, I am still at age 52. I'm still just watching mm-hmm. it because oh, yeah. the, the, what they did was just probably some of the best TV ever. And now, how cool was it for you? To see the costume here. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, very that's, cool. And that's a big nostalgic thing when yep. people come here. Yeah. You know, if, if people haven't been here, you know, we're a two-story replica of the Hall of Justice from uh-huh. Super Friends. Right. But when you come in, we're, we're a time machine. Mm-hmm. We're a two-fold time machine. Not only are we preserving the 75-year history here of superheroes and comics, mm-hmm. toys, film, and animation, but it's like for older guys like us, uh-huh. it brings us back to our childhood. It makes oh, yeah. us feel like kids again by yeah. seeing old stuff like that you uh-huh. know that we remember from yep. our childhood like right there's you know six million dollar man uh-huh. from the you know the 70s I, you know i had that i got one yeah. of those christmas 1978 okay that is that is probably one of my most vivid christmas christmas memories uh-huh. and i lived in west virginia uh-huh. up in the mountains you know and my uncle would dress up as santa claus okay every year and i remember that vividly that you know that year for christmas <laughs> You know, he brought me, you know, he pulled out of his bag of Santa, the $6 million man, and the Bigfoot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Christmas 78. That is that is one of the Christmases that I remember the Uh most. And I got one of those then. I actually, I had that. I got, I got him and I got the, the, remember the capsule? Um, yes, I never had the capsule. Yeah. I didn't have the capsule. I had the little little thingies that went into his arms right. because you know when you pull his sleeves up, he's got right. You got the mechanics little, back there, right? Mechanics in there, and then when you look behind, you look behind him. Yeah, his eye, yeah. You can mm-hmm. you can see things up closer because it's a little telescope. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was a great toy. That was one though. of my favorite one of my favorite toys from when I was a kid. Oh, too. mine too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that, that's really that's really neat. So you started amassing the collection. When was the idea to start making this something for the public? This was, let's see, you know, I've toyed with it back and forth. I mean, I've been in the comic book industry one shape, form, or another since the early 90s. Mm -hmm. Uh, When Hall of Heroes was founded, Mm -hmm. originally we were a comic book store on South Main in 1992. Mm -hmm. And I had the comic book store for about a year. Mm -hmm. And then what happened, then I launched the publishing company, which became national very quickly. And then we became one of the top five small press comic book companies in the country. Um, Half a dozen of the guys that work for me then are working for DC and Marvel today. Um, And, you know, I did that for about eight years Mm -hmm. and kind of got tired of having to find new talent all the time. And it was one of those things that was more... It was more fame than fortune. I mean, mm-hmm. it was kind of like a part-time job. Um, and I was actually marketing manager at the Elkhart Truth at the time. Okay. Um, so I worked at the Truth and newspaper industry. In fact, I just uh, retired this July after 27 years in the newspaper industry. Okay. 
um, and just you know, so I, I've always had these side comic book gigs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's been kind of my side gig. Uh -huh. um, but then, you know, I decided to open up the museum. You know, just collected, and eventually, um, I was on the FX Collectible Show. Okay. If you remember that, nineteen ninety five. Yeah. yeah. They came here and did an episode on me, mm -hmm. um, and I've had what is known as the largest superhero memorabilia collection in the world since 1995. Mm. And, of course, it's grown tremendously since then. Right. Um, and probably 11, 12 years ago, you know, I, I thought about turning it into a museum. Mm -hmm. And so 10 years ago, we built, you know, this replica of the Hall of Justice in my backyard, mm -hmm. just thinking, you know, it'd be a nice, you know, little local museum. You know, people want to see my collection. Hey, I like showing it off. Right. Hey, you know, right. it, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then, and it kind of continued like that for the first couple of years, you know, mm. we'd have, you know, people come in here and there. And then uh, in 2005, um, not 2000, yeah, no, not, was it 2005? Was, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, is that right? No, that's not right. No, it's not 2005. It would have been 2000, like 11 or 12. Okay. Yeah. Um, Stan Lee came here mm -hmm. and filmed two episodes of his Superfan series. Uh -huh. And then we became like known nationally because yeah. that's a national thing. Right. And now we've had five national TV shows filmed here and we're like this huge national draw mm -hmm. and we're, we're bringing in more tourists from out of town than any museum in Elkhart County. Uh -huh. And we've had five national TV shows we've brought here to Elkhart, and it's just become bigger than uh, I ever imagined. Right. You know, Richard Rollins from Fast and Loud comes, you know, he's three million viewers per episode. Uh -huh. He comes out here and donates the 65 Shelby Cobra that Robert Downey Jr. landed on the first Iron Man film. Yeah. $75,000 car that's a crushed car. Uh -huh. You know, most expensive <laughs> crushed car there is, right. you know. And, <laughs> and he donates it to us, uh -huh. puts us on his show. It's, you know, and it's, our episode has aired 35 times mm -hmm. in the last year. So that's, that's like a hundred million people wow. have seen us, you know, and I get people that, you know, come here during the summers from, from Europe, from France, from Germany, from uh -huh. Australia yeah. that come here that have seen us on that or Stanley Superfan or the Toy Hunter show on Travel Channel, mm -hmm. you know, right. some of the, you know, because several of these shows are international and they're mm -hmm. not just... Right. National. I mean, so it's we we've become this thing that is, you know, not only is it important because we're serving the history on national level. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've done projects for the Senate, for the military, national history projects. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got Comic Cons asking me to do you know history panels, mm -hmm. um, celebrity panels, which is great. You yeah. know, I get to kind of <laughs> hang out with some of these celebrities uh -huh. and and stuff, and uh, it's it's just it's great. I yeah. mean, it's become so much more than what I expected. Uh -huh. The collection has grown. I mean, we, you know, we got Adam West's personal Batman costume. Mm -hmm. We own William Katz's greatest American hero costume. We've got Chris Evans' screen-used cap shield. Uh -huh. I mean, just the stuff. I mean, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, if I knew then what I have now, and now it's like, I wonder what it's going to be like 10 years from now. Yeah. Because, you know, we're trying to raise $200,000 this year to move uh, to a larger facility. You know, we've given the city of Elkhart a proposal how we can bring 100,000 tourists mm -hmm. to make, you know, you know, really bring some tourism here. Because right. we don't have really big tourist draws. Right. You know, the RV Museum, great facility, beautiful mm -hmm. facility. But the only people that care about it is the RV executives that live here. Yeah. It's not really a tourist draw. Yeah. You know, right. no offense to anybody from the RV industry right, listening, right. but <laughs> you know, it is the facts, you know. Uh -huh. But we're, you know, we're this huge national draw and you know, we get in a bigger facility, you know, billboards along the toll road. Uh -huh. It's going to be huge. Yeah, Just, and, and the time is so right for it right it now. It is with all the movies. Yeah. And, and we have so many of those props from the movies. Right. I mean, we just got the Nicolas Cage screen use Ghost Rider motorcycle. Uh -huh. That bike is how badass. You, how did you get that? <laughs> um, we, there was a big Hollywood auction uh -huh. that happens every year in California. Mm -hmm. It's a three-day auction. They normally have anywhere from 1,500 to 2,000 items. Okay. So it takes three days. Yeah. Um, and there was about a dozen items that I had interest in. Not really the means for mm -hmm. all of them. So I had to kind of pick and choose and see what I could get on the low end. Mm -hmm. But the big piece that I bought was... The, the Ghost Rider bike. Yeah. And I had to I had to give up the opportunity to buy Jim Carrey's Riddler costume 
to buy the motor. I'm, I'm uh -huh. I, I was like this. I'm juggling my hands like, which way do I go? And I'm like, that motorcycle is so badass. I yeah. got to have that bike, you know? Because we had the car uh -huh. and we've been taking, you know, the, the Ironman car that Robert Downey Jr. landed right. on, that 65 Cobra, uh -huh. around the cons. And people are just loving it yeah. because people go and they see the celebrities uh -huh. at the cons. But nobody has props from Marvel films except for us. Mm -hmm. We're the only ones that has these things. Right, right. You know, because Marvel films keeps those. Uh -huh. You know, they very rarely see the auction block. And we've been fortunate to be able to get our hands on a couple of these things that yeah. have gotten out on the auction block. Right. And, you know, I bought that. We bought um, from the third Spider-Man movie, uh, mm -hmm. when the Sandman is like three stories tall, he's mm -hmm. absorbing cars and trucks right. and buildings. Uh, we were also able to get our hands on the clay model that's about three feet tall and it shows. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's what they used uh -huh. to film the, that scene. Wow. So it's really cool. We're going to, in the new facility, we're going to get a special glass dome made to go over that uh -huh. so people can see it. It's, on, it's not on display now. Mm -hmm. um, we have it uh, you know, in a wooden crate until we move. And then we'll unveil it at the new facility. Mm. And then we also purchased Ryan Reynolds' screen used Green Lantern ring from the film. So mm. we, I purchased all three of those. Some of the pieces I wanted that got away was Jim Carrey's Riddler costume. Mm. That was one of the ones I wanted. I thought about buying the Green Lantern power battery <laughs> that went, you know, because they yeah. sold them in two different separate lots. Right, right. And... I just thought that the movie version of the power battery was ugly. Uh -huh. <laughs> I just like, you know, the ring looked great. Yeah. The power battery, that thing was so damn ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't even want it, you know. Um, I tried to get, if you remember from the 1940s, the old black and white superhero films. Okay. They well, did. I remember, I remember Batman. Right. They yeah. had Batman. Well, they had, they did Captain America. Okay. And they had the, uh, the tunic mm -hmm. for that, from that film okay. in the auction. Uh -huh. It, just, it went way too high. Okay. And so I lost out on that. Yeah. One of the other things I wanted to get was uh, Captain Marvel Shazam. Okay. Complete costume. Oh, wow. I know. But again, it went like north of 50000 and I'm like too rich oh. for my blood, you yeah. know? And so I had to back out. Yeah. And some of the stuff I passed on because I was holding out for the bike. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, I gotta, I gotta save some funds yeah. for that motorcycle because that <laughs> I knew that was gonna be huge. Yeah, well, I knew that bike, was gonna be a great draw for the museum. Yeah, that's a great draw. Yeah. It, it is because I knew what the car had been doing, uh -huh. and the bike is a lot cooler, right? Because you know the the car, not to downplay the importance of the car, but it's it's just a car that Iron Man landed on, right? Right. Okay. Cool. It's a '65 Shelby Cobra. Mm -hmm. It's been on several episodes of Fast and Loud. It's been on the Iron Man film. It's 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 a it's a famous car, right? Okay. Right. But the Ghost Rider motorcycle is a whole different category because that's a bike that's iconic to the character. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, a, it's a piece of art, too. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's, and if folks haven't seen that, it's, it's an 11 foot long custom chopper. Mm. It's all resin over a motorcycle body. Mm. The bike does not have a motor. And it still weighs about 750 pounds. Yeah. It takes three of us to get that up on a trailer to take it yeah. to to an event. Uh -huh. And we've only taken the bike to two events. Uh -huh. um, I'm just, I'm very hesitant because somebody drops that bike and it shatters because it's resin. Yeah. You're going to see me cry like a baby. Yeah, I'm no telling doubt. you. I'm, I, I, will, I will fall down in tears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny um, with the... With the resurgence of uh, the superhero movies mm -hmm. and TV shows and things like that, it's when, when we think back to when we were kids, we didn't really appreciate the stuff that we had mm -hmm. um, or what went into all that. Right. The, the younger people today, they are actually excited to see things from a movie that was only two years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like you've got Sheldon's um, uh, Green Lantern shirt, Green yeah, Lantern that he wore in several there. episodes of Big Bang Theory. You know, yeah, people, people of this of his era would mm -hmm. be excited to see that. Yeah, I watch that show. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, whereas we, uh, you know, I'm talking about myself as a kid. Right. I didn't really appreciate mm -hmm. the the stuff that was there. So I can see that being that building because not only do mm -hmm. you have the people. I'm looking at uh, the uh, bat phone here. <laughs> um, this is the one that Alfred used to answer, yeah. I think. This is, and this is actually from a film. Okay. This is the uh, bat from from the 2003 film, oh, okay. Return to the Batcave with Adam West and Burt Ward. Oh, okay, okay. And it's just like sitting here on my desk. I mean, yeah, people kind of wander around like, yeah. oh, that's a cool bat film. I'm like, uh -huh. oh yeah, it's from the film. They're like, what? Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
It just, yeah, I just yeah. got like stuff like that just kind of laying around. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's funny when you get my age, you start to get nostalgic about that. When you see, I'm it, when very you see nostalgic suit, about stuff. Yes. When you see the bat suit, you really think it's really cool. But then young people are in the moment and they're still enjoying it. So, oh, absolutely. You could, you could really uh, fill up a museum like all the time, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I've got so many things that are not on display because we're out of room. Yeah. Since we've been here 10, you know, in fact, uh, May, this May will be our 10-year anniversary mm -hmm. for the museum of, of its opening. Right. Um, and so, of course, now it's time for us to move because I don't have room to display the vehicles. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got other things that we can't display, lots of original art pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the new facility is, in fact, we have a, a GoFundMe site going on right now okay. to try to raise money to, uh, for that big move next okay. year. Um, I'll make sure to link to that when I okay. post this up. Okay, great, so, great. And uh, I want to make sure you get all the support you can I appreciate that. that. So one of the questions that's been in my mind, um, and since you're kind of a historian, mm -hmm. it's a kind of a ch uh, chicken or the egg question uh -huh. because, you know, the Batman movies kind of started the superhero movies back up in the uh, 90s when Michael Keaton was playing Batman. Yes. And that was a Tim Burton thing. And right. That, mm -hmm. start, that started getting things in, and right. then there was a little lull where there wasn't a whole lot. Right. When it, when it came back, was it the demand of the, of the people who love these superheroes, or did the movies come up and create this bigger demand for the love of superheroes. You know, that, that is, you know, you, you put a great analogy on that <laughs> chicken or the egg because it could go either way, yeah. honestly, depending on someone's perspective. Mm -hmm. I guess my perspective, and again, this isn't the gospel, but uh -huh. this is my perspective on it. Um, the, the Batman movies in the 90s, you know, the first two were great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then they changed producers. Um, it's, you know, and then, then, and I can't remember who was the producer for the third and fourth one, Joe Schumacher. No, he was the casting director, wasn't he? Um, yeah, I'm not sure who. Okay. Well, I know that's, there was an article that we just posted up yesterday, uh, -huh. uh that just came out this week and oh, it was I, the, I the Michael, yeah, Michael Keaton, Keaton talk, yeah. why he didn't do the third and fourth. Yeah. Because they changed producers mm. in the first, and I read some of it, I didn't read the whole thing, mm. but he had said that the, you know, one of the producers' first questions, why is it so dark? Mm. And he wanted to camp it up a bit. Yeah. And obviously he, you know, was, you know, right. nostalgic to the 60s. Right. The Adam right. West stuff. Yeah. And, and he did get very campy, but of course it, it didn't do well. Mm. And of course that could have been... I, I almost got, would have had a lot more firsthand knowledge on because I actually auditioned for that third Batman film, and uh -huh. I discussed that with you earlier. Right. I was one of the five finalists uh -huh. to be Robin before I got you know beat out by Chris O'Donnell. Uh -huh. um, a lot of people don't know this, but Christian Bale was also one of the five finalists. Oh, I did not yep. know that. It was it was me, uh, Chris O'Donnell, Christian Bale, and, and two other unknown guys like me. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, didn't, that didn't make it. You know, yeah. um, was pretty much what happened there. Uh -huh. And the, re the only reason I made it so far because you know i didn't have any you know history background i hadn't mm. been on any tv shows or anything at that right. point you know or i've been on several now mm. but at that time no nothing right you know i was just a big fan mm. which i still am but right. i mean i was just a fan then yeah but i was a fitness instructor in your army uh -huh. and obviously short dark hair uh -huh. um but i could do all my own stunts because i was actually um i taught martial arts american fighting styles for the military for several okay. years so that's how I kind of make it, because I can do all my own stunts. Yeah. That's how I made it so far through uh, the audition process. Yeah. Yeah, they could save some money on the stunt, man. Oh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was kind of, you know, that. But I think kind of what happened, again, in kind of get back to your original question, mm. um, the Batman movies did well. The third and fourth really kind of flopped. Mm. And then, yeah, really nothing for a while mm. until, you know, Marvel Films right. started up. But if you go back and you look at the history, a few years before Marvel Films started, Marvel went bankrupt. Mm. And the problem, you know, what they did is they, they were desperate for cash. Okay. So they were selling off a lot of the, the rights, mm. the movie rights, okay. to different film studios. Mm. Well, the film studios... The part of the contract is that they have so many years to produce a film. Right. And this is where you had like the Roger Corman films in uh, the 90s yeah. that got produced, they got made, yeah. but they didn't get released. Yeah. Um, you know, like the Captain America and the Fantastic Four. Mm. In fact, we have in our Hollywood section the Fantastic Four Roger Corman 
movie poster. Oh, okay. Film never came out, but we got one of the movie posters. Uh, it's rare. Yeah. And that was something, you know, my wife got me that for my birthday, on my 40th birthday. Okay. Got me that very rare movie poster. Uh, but it's really cool, though. In fact, I think it's the coolest Fantastic Four movie poster they've ever done. Yeah. But the movie never came out. <laughs> you think they'll ever get that out? Oh, it's, you know, it's, there's bootlegs. Is there? Okay. Yeah, because I've seen both of them. Okay. Yeah, I ended up, um, I had a, a buddy of mine who was, um, you know, this is back, of course, VHS is big and everything in the, mm. in the late 90s. You know, I was doing cons, you know, doing, you know, we'd, Hall of Heroes, uh-huh. you know, we're promoting the publishing company then. And I had a friend of mine, he, you know, he could get copies of bootleg anything. And he was selling them, VHS uh-huh. tapes. And, right. And I ended up getting from him bootlegs of, you know, the Captain America and the Fantastic Four films. Uh-huh. They're bad. Yeah. The But I will tell you this, though, the Roger Corman film uh-huh. is better than the fa- Fantastic Four, you know, nightmare that Fox released last year. Yeah. <laughs> The Roger Corman from the 90s is better than that than yeah. that train ride. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh. So, it's, uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of where it started. Yeah. Was, so, you know, then you got the film studios having the rights mm-hmm. to do it. And Marvel, of course, sold those rights pretty cheaply because they needed revenue because they weren't in a bankruptcy right. state. And I think what happened is the film process finally got good enough to make high quality films mm. and then when they started you know with the spider-man and the x-men films mm. that's kind of where it got big and yeah. then marvel started getting some money from those deals mm. and then started buying the rights back right. and then that's when 2008 with iron man the first iron man film they started marvel films mm. that was their first film they released and they've been you know they've been hitting it out of the ballpark ever since oh yeah, yeah so it's, yeah it's such a franchise and then it is you know the the tv stuff is just mm-hmm. going absolutely crazy oh it is yeah so, tv yeah. is you know is is great i mean the stuff on cw you know you see now of course we're talking dc now uh-huh. but uh you know arrow you know gotham mm-hmm. legends of tomorrow uh supergirl flash right. you know and and i've met cast from from most of those shows mm-hmm. i've not met any of the cast yet from um from Flash, okay. But I've met, you know, I've met the girls from Supergirl. I've met about half the cast of Arrow. I've met about half the cast on Gotham. Uh-huh. Um, just, you know, great, great shows. Yeah, Agents of Shield is good. Uh-huh. Um, I've met several of the cast members of Agents of Shield. Right. And it's just, yeah, it's there. It's great to see that stuff. And then yeah. you see these articles from like People or Entertainment Weekly, and they're like, you know, oh, you know, it's maxed out. It's gonna. It's like bullshit. It's gonna yeah. keep going because. <laughs> It's, you know, the people love it. You know, yeah. I mean, they're the, been, been the top blockbuster films every summer for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. It's not going away. Yeah, it's, there's just a demand for it. Yeah, so. you know, and Disney owns Marvel now. Yeah. And then they bought Star Wars, yeah. you know. You know, D- Disney is, is going to be, you know, is going to control the earth. You yeah, know, know, they will, I yeah, know. it'll be, our, our country <laughs> will be the United States of Disney. Yeah. <laughs> when you think about the, these movies, uh, have come out mm-hmm. do you have like a a favorite from say 1990 through present time you know it i you know there's so many that i've enjoyed it's hard for me to pick one uh-huh. some are for nostalgic reasons uh-huh. others are for they're just badass movies you yeah. know like you know the 89 batman film mm-hmm. that's very nostalgic for me that was like my senior year of high school yeah and that just it's that's just a nostalgic for yeah. me. The Michael Keaton first Batman film, I I love it. That's, that's you know that's my favorite. That's too. that's a big one yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, I think Christian Bale was fantastic in the Batman movies. Uh-huh. You know when he did those, you know everybody was talking about how, what a train wreck Ben Affleck was going to be. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, you I know? did not watch that yet. You've not seen Batman? Super- no, I haven't see seen that. that. It's yeah. you know a lot of people on that film. You know, it didn't do as well, you mm-hmm. know, and it got some bad negative stuff because it drug on a little bit, mm-hmm. which I agree. Right. But it's the first film and the first films, you've got to think about it like this, that they're doing the backstory and everything, yeah. you know, because they want to appeal to the broader audience, not just the comic book crowd. Right. You know, right. Li- they don't want to limit their right. audience, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and that's got, smart to, to got, not do they, that. And and usually, you know, the films, they go in threes. Uh-huh. You know, the first one, not real busy because you're doing a lot of backstory in the character mm-hmm. and everything. The second one, you know, you get a little busier. Yeah. To me, the second one, usually the second films are usually the best. Mm-hmm. 
And then the third ones, then they try to re, you know, do one up mm. on the second one. Yeah. And then they put too much in there and yeah. it's too busy and it's too confusing. Yeah. And I see that pattern repeated right. time after time after time. Yeah. Spider-Man films with Tobey Maguire were like that. Yep. The X-Men films were like that. Yep. You know, they, they've all done the same thing. Mm. They try to do too much in that third film. Right. It's like, you know, if you just back it up a yep. little bit, repeat your success of the second film, yep. you'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but sometimes you shoot yourself in the foot on that yep. third film by trying to, you know, one up the yeah. the last one yeah. and do too much. And sometimes the mistakes are made because there's the whole thing why the Hulk films have not done well. Mm. Why well, know why the Hulk films haven't done well? You know, they've they've focused everything on the Hulk, but it's only one half the equation. Right. You got to focus on that villain. Yeah. You know, and like the first Hulk movie is a flop because Green Dogs is not a major villain. Yeah. Hasn't been in the comic books or anything. Uh, so that's why that flopped, yeah. you know? And, you know, the abomination, you know, they should have done a little more with that mm. than what they did. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where the Hulk movies have dropped the ball. Hulk uh. is a great character, but they just haven't focused on a good villain that can really go toe-to-toe to him. The abomination should have been and could have been, uh. um, but they just they just didn't do it right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they got to put as much focus on the villain the anti-hero as they do right. the hero because they're two sides oh, of the yeah. equation. Right, exactly. They're both equally important. Yeah. One of the things we were talking about before we started recording was um, you, in the museum here, mm-hmm. you show a lot of parallels of the the comics and the superheroes mm-hmm. to history. Right. Um, from really the late 30s. Yeah, 38 on 40, up. Yeah, 38 uh, to present. 40s, yeah. um, mm-hmm. all the way, you know, through the 60s. Yeah. And you, what I noticed, and I, I, I had kind of known that, but you really hit it home. You can pretty much teach a history class with comic books. Oh, and I do. <laughs> oh, I do. Yeah. Absolutely, I do. Um, you know, I do, a, uh, I do my Comics in World War II lecture uh-huh. uh, every semester at IUSB. Mm-hmm. I do it at many of the national comic cons. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also done comics in the Cold War. Um, you know, I've done, um, you know, writing comic books, mm. uh, for like history, you know, right. you know, well, you know, for English and for mm. literature, uh, usually we'll have a lot of field trips to come here mm. and I do educational tours based on different, uh, grade level subjects, right. things like that. Yeah. That's, I, I like I said, I kind of knew that, right. but, uh, seeing it displayed out like that is just fantastic oh absolutely okay we're back we we um you had a couple guests come in so we had we had a short break and we're back we were talking about how you can really teach history yes with comic books Mm -hmm. and and like like anything popular culture Mm -hmm. um you can go back and see pop culture just like music and books and movies and everything else you Mm -hmm. can you can kind of see how history was which is why i watched turner movie classics all the time because because it takes me back i wanted to talk a little bit about the uh comic-con that you've got coming up absolutely Um, and now that's march 11th and 12th march 11th and 12th at the learner theater yes Uh yeah we're gonna we're bringing um i was approached over a year ago by mayor niece Mm -hmm. um to bring uh comic-con to elkhart okay and uh you know i've got 25 years of experience you Mm -hmm. know at you know going to comic-cons helping with panels doing panels, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, you know, lot, a lot of experience and stuff. Then, of course, the museum, it makes sense. You know, we, you know, Elkhart is the home of the only comic book and superhero museum in the country. Mm-hmm. It makes sense for us to have a Hall of Heroes Con here. Right. I mean, it just makes perfect sense. Right. It's something I've kind of kicked around the last several years. And when uh, Mayor Nice approached me about it, I was absolutely up for it. Mm-hmm. And we've been, you know, kind of going back and forth. We've got a, a committee of some great folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dan, uh, the owner of Secret Door, okay. um, myself, Mayor Nice, um, you know, Dave, who uh, runs the Learner Theater. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got, a, you know, some great people on board with this, you know, people that are fans mm-hmm. um, to put this on. We've got a great guest list coming. You know, we're bringing Dean Kane, Superman from Lewis and Clark will be coming okay. here. We're bringing just big celebrities to Elkhart. Mm. Um, I wanted to do this where I'm bringing things that I've not seen done okay. at other cons because I want our convention to be unique. Okay. 
I don't want it to be one of those things, you know, and I'll probably eventually get here, but from the get-go, I'd like to keep it a little smaller and informal, mm -hmm. which is why we're doing it at the Learner. Mm -hmm. um, I think possibly year two, we may have to move it to the, you know, RV Hall of Fame, uh, mm -hmm. a, a larger venue, because right. I think it is going to be so popular. Mm -hmm. um, but we're bringing in, um, if, you know, kind of older guys like us, Remember the Captain America TV sh movies from the 70s and 80s right. with Red Brown, yep. ex, you know, football player. Uh, Red Brown's coming. Yeah. Oh, you know, we're, wow. we haven't announced that yet, uh, you know, but we're bringing Red Brown in the Captain America from the 80s. So wow. he's going to be at our con, which is really cool. And I've, <laughs> yeah. I've never met Red Brown before, and uh -huh. I do a lot of cons. Uh -huh. So I'm trying to bring in kind of unique people. Yeah. Um, bringing in a, a gentleman who is, is, you know, speaking of history. Very near and dear to my heart, uh, Alan Bellman. Okay. Uh, Alan Bellman is is ninety two years old. Uh, he and St he was Stan Lee's personal artist from nineteen forty two to the mid nineteen fifties. Wow. Uh, him and you know Alan and Stan are the last two guys living, the last surviving writer and artist that did Captain America for the soldiers during World War II. Wow. Um, I've done many panels for Alan. Uh, in fact, I, I brought Alan to Elkhart one other time, May, mm. you know, this past year, 2016. We did a, an event here for the Captain, Captain America 75th anniversary, and mm. I flew Alan and, and his wife, Roz, out. And they are such a great couple. You know, Alan runs around in his... Uh, Captain America attire, uh -huh. you know, he has like a tie and he has Captain America suspenders. And, <laughs> and, and I first, I first met Alan a probably about three years ago uh -huh. and I was approached, um, because they were working on congressional medals okay. uh, for Stanley and Alan Bellman mm -hmm. because how important Captain America was to the soldiers. Right. Um, you know, I'm one of the foremost comic historians, so I was approached to do the history research for the Senate and for the military for these congressional medals. Mm -hmm. That's a huge honor for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, as a comic book historian, that's, you know, I couldn't ask for anything bigger oh, than to do something like that. That's no huge doubt. on a national scale yeah. for me. Um, and I was very honored to do it. I knew uh -huh. Stan because I filmed with Stan, so I'd already known Stan. Uh -huh. Didn't know Alan, though. Uh -huh. um, you know, because Alan was one of those guys that didn't come back and I kind of explained to you about the, the Golden Age and Silver Age, kind of right. what happened there. Yeah. Um, you know, when the comic books made a comeback in the early 60s in the Silver Age, you know, Alan didn't come back mm -hmm. to the industry at that point. He kind of walked away. He got into commercial advertising. And, mm -hmm. and he he only started doing cons a few years ago, about the time the first Captain America film came out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Marvel, you know, was kind of looking for some of the old guys that worked on Captain America. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course they had Stan, but, but Alan was it. He's kind of like last man standing, yeah. you know? And so they brought him out, red carpet treatment and Hollywood and everything. Uh -huh. um, and so then all the cons kind of got wind of, Hey, there's a guy that, you know, one of the last surviving golden age era guys right. from the beginnings of comic books. And, and and now he's at 92 years old. He does 16, 17 cons a year. Yeah. Guy travels all wow. over the place. And I did four of his con appearances last year, you know, because if I'm there and he's there, he'll tell a con promoter that he wants uh -huh. me to do his. He's he, I'm like his adopted grandson. Yeah. Now. You know, I mean, we're like, that, that's how we are now. Uh -huh. and, and it's great. I, I love him to death. Yeah. Um, he knows how much I appreciate the history mm -hmm. and everything and that right. he was part of that right. and for me to have that personal connection because him and stan are it yeah i mean those are the last two guys living that were at you know were right. there at the beginning right. that you can hear firsthand right and it's such a privilege for me to know them both personally but alan is coming yeah to our con and the fact that he was uh that captain america was i mean captain america comics were almost as important to the troops as like uso shows they were. <laughs> well, mean, and, and to kind of put that in perspective, yeah. you know, Captain America, Captain America and Wonder Woman uh -huh. were the top two comic books that enjoyed by GIs because uh -huh. they, they both dressed as the flag. Right. But Captain America, he symbolized patriotism, mm -hmm. what they were fighting for. Right. And, and I've known this, but probably about eight, nine years ago, it really hit home with me because um, I actually do the... Um, 
I've done Captain America for like the last seven, eight years mm -hmm. at the Memorial Day Parade. Okay. So people come to the Memorial Day Parade downtown Elkhart and they've seen Captain America. That's me. Uh -huh. uh, and the first year I did it, and I've done it several years with my Boy Scout. Uh -huh. You know, because I've been a Scout troop, you know, in the Boy Scouts and Cub Scout program for, let's see, my son's 17 now since he was six for almost 10 years. Okay. I've been involved in scouting. Mm -hmm. And um, so the first year that I did it as Captain America, we were concerned about. Kids run out in the prairie right? because superhero, mm -hmm. you know, and it wasn't. It was 80-year-old men. Seriously, they had to <laughs> yeah. stop the parade route three times uh -huh. because there was World War II vets that wanted to come out and shake my hand or take a picture with oh, me as wow. Captain America. And <laughs> that hit home for me yep. about how important this was. It's not kids' stuff. I mean, this, the work we do here uh -huh. is very, it's very important to people right. of all ages, yep. not just kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 80-year-old men, you know, coming out there, you know, because... Captain America was that dear to them. Yeah. It was very, very important. Wow. And, uh, you know, I was contacted from the, uh, by the Veterans Association, and I've done Captain America every year at the Memorial Day Parade every year since. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the last couple of years, we've done it as the whole Hall of Heroes group. I haven't right. done it with my scouts. I started doing it as bringing all the heroes. Uh -huh. You know, we've had the Iron Man car in the parade the last two years. Uh -huh. Um so, yeah, that's something that, that we do every year is the Memorial Day mm, Parade. And right. because, you know, that's Captain America was very important in the trips. And Wonder Woman, because she symbolized, you know, one, a great pinup girl, uh -huh, you know, right. obviously, you know, that's the obvious reason. But then also she kind of symbolizes that strong female influence, their wives, right. their girlfriends, who they were surviving, surviving to get back home to. Right. You right. know, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of my perspective. Yeah on it and that's when i teach that stuff that's kind of how i teach it uh -huh. um you know because yeah, everybody's makes... thinking oh the pinup girl which is true there's yeah. i mean i'm not gonna deny oh, yeah. that there's the absolute fact on that yeah. but there's more to it than that yeah it makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. so who else who else do you have on on the docket for the wow we've got we've got you know we've got such great stuff uh going on you know we're of course we're going to have a big cosplay contest i'm uh -huh. bringing in some national cosplayers as judges okay uh, we're bringing in night mage okay. uh, who is fantastic uh we're we're bringing in uh wonder woman uh wonder woman cosplayer uh mia bronson she's okay. uh she does a lot of the national cons. Uh -huh. uh, she's done a couple of events here at Hall of Heroes, too. So some okay. of our folks have met her. Yeah. Uh, she has about seven different Wonder Woman outfits. Okay. And I met her a couple years ago at a con, and she blew my socks off. I'd say she yeah. did a, um, you know, people that are really nostalgic for the Linda Carter Wonder uh -huh. Woman yeah, TV the, show. The yeah. That's, that's what yeah. she did. She, she, she was on stage and I was, uh, judging the Grand Rapids, uh, cos, well, I was the MC, uh, -huh. uh for their cosplay contest. Mm -hmm. And I'm on stage, you know, with my mic and, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of reading the cue cards, who's coming up next. And I'm kind of <laughs> announcing and she comes up, you know, in like a, like a Navy suit, uh -huh. you know, and, and I read and says Wonder Woman. Yeah. I'm like, well, she's not dressed as Wonder Woman, but she gets up on, she gets up in the middle of the stage. Uh -huh. And she does a spin, and she has. Have you ever heard of breakaway costumes? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, I'd never seen one yeah. done before. Uh -huh. So she had a breakaway costume uh -huh. and Wonder Woman underneath it. I mean, just Holy like cow. the '70s TV show. Yeah. And I was an eight-year-old kid again watching Wonder Woman spin and yeah, her clothes no come doubt. off. I'm like, but I'm an older older man now that I can appreciate the clothes fly yeah, off of go. a very attractive female. So I'm like, wow, you know. And and I say this in the mic to the audience, I'm like. Holy crap! Yeah. And then we're all like, "Whoa, Sherry!" You know, and I'm like, totally lost my composure. Yeah. And uh, and I and I talked to me afterwards, and I'm like, you know, I said I really want to have you come up to the museum for an event, and uh -huh. and we've been really good friends the last couple of years. Uh -huh. She comes great. up, helps out. She's one of our volunteers now. Uh -huh. She's going to be one of the judges uh -huh. for the cosplay contest, and and she'll be in costume. So we'll night mage. Right. Um, and then one of our other judges, um, Alex Westcott, he is uh, in charge of the uh, Get Geek crew okay. up in the Grand Rapids area. Mm -hmm. um, folks have met him here before. He has done, uh, he's, he does Groot. Oh, okay. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. But he does like 10 feet tall. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he does it instant. And, and Alex is a pretty tall guy. You know, he's probably, you know, six, six, five. Uh -huh. I mean, he's over, he's north of six foot. Yeah. Um, 
and you know he he does it in you know and there's cosplayers that do their costumes in stilts uh -huh. inside the costume and he does right. it with a Groot and he's you know nine ten feet tall wow. you know and and he's you know and he came to one of our events as Groot mm -hmm. he's done Groot he's done you know like you know Hulkbuster Iron Man uh -huh. I mean he's done some elaborate he's done a Transformer he's done huh. some of the big elaborate stuff yeah um, and he makes them himself just fantastic. Uh -huh. um, and Night Mage that uh, Michael Wilson, uh, he is is probably the most well known nationally of our three judges. Okay, uh, he does a lot of great charity stuff. Uh, Michael is a police officer, mm. um, big busky black guy, you know, mm. and he's you know he he looks like Luke Cage, yeah, without cosplay, right? You know, but he does a great <laughs> Luke Cage cosplay. Uh -huh. But he's done uh, the Grinch. Okay, uh, he's done like over eighty different characters. Wow. And and he he's just fantastic. Uh -huh. The stuff that he does. Um, I remember at Grand Rapids this past year, he did a um, Afro Samurai. It's okay. a, a Cartoon Network uh, character, uh -huh. um, Black Samurai with okay. a huge old fro. Yeah, you know it's just everywhere. You uh -huh. know, and I know a couple times stage, you know, he'd be turning, he'd smack me with his fro a couple times, you know, and it was just it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and Michael will probably do a couple of different cosplays, uh -huh. uh, and he'll be set up at a booth where. Um, he will do pictures with people uh -huh. for donations for different charities. Okay. And, and that's what he does is, you know, he's really into giving back really into the charities, which is, is something that's, you know, that's what, you know, I, mm -hmm. I have a lot of respect for, for Michael for those right. works that he does. Cause we do a lot of that too. We work with I've... like caps here locally. We yeah. helped them put on the superhero 5k two years ago. Uh, -huh. uh we work with, um, boys and girls club uh -huh. with scouting, you know, a lot of youth programs, right. you know, a lot of, you know, those are kind of the, a lot of the charities I work with are a lot of the youth oriented mm. ones. Um, and then also, um, I do, um, let's see, actually I have it right here. Who else? Cause they're going to be set up there. Um, hospice. Okay. You know, we do a lot of stuff with, uh, hospice over Mishawaka. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, this, you know, that's something that I believe in is very important is giving back. Right to the community that's something that i've always tried to do mm. and i try to work with people with that same mindset right. and mentality right. i just think that's important right right that's exactly why the, i did the podcast right? so i could highlight people <laughs> who do that there you and, go there you go that's fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh so we, we we fit well there oh absolutely yes i mean you know we we've got those guys coming in we've got uh here here's the big you know not that dean kane isn't the big enough uh -huh. at superman but what I think is really cool that we're doing that I've never seen done in another con, uh, I'm bringing in one of Marvel Studios' number one stunt guys. Okay. Uh, Chris Brewster. Uh -huh. uh, he uh, stunt doubles for Chris Evans' Captain America. Okay. Also for Charlie Cox's Daredevil on Netflix. Okay. Uh, right now he's uh, filming the Defender series. Um, right. He's committed to come here if Defenders, his film, finished wrapping up by then. Okay. Defenders is scheduled to be done two or three weeks before our con but if mm. it runs over he may not make it okay um but you know he's committed to come uh he would be here just sunday the second day of the con mm. but he's going to do a stunt show demonstration on stage in q a mm. um we're, we're basically you know he and i will do a stunt show demonstration together he does like the fight choreography okay he's also the fight choreography for the agents of shield television series okay so he does a lot of stuff from wow. marvel he's all yeah. over the place he's like the big films the tv shows the netflix stuff mm. he's involved in all of it yeah so, I mean, th this guy's huge um, coming and um, you're basically, we're going to do a, a show where basically he's going to kick my ass on stage. Yeah. I mean, so, so if there's people don't like me, yeah. come see me get my ass kicked, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. so there, there is that, um, but that's going to be huge. I've never, I've never seen that done on another kind, right, right. you know, a Marvel stunt show. Mm -hmm. And so that I think is going to be very cool yeah, that to come really see. Neat. Uh, one of the other things that we're bringing in, uh, we're bringing in um, some of the top animation artists okay. in the country. Uh, we're bringing in Tom Cook, mm -hmm. who worked for Hanna-Barbera back in the 70s and 80s. Mm -hmm. Tom worked on just about every cartoon Hanna-Barbera had in that time. Yeah. He did Super Friends, which is my favorite. Yeah, uh, in fact, he's working on a commission piece for me that we're going to display at the Comic-Con. Yeah. You know, the classic, you know, Super Friends versus Legion of Doom coming yeah. at each other. Uh -huh. He's doing an original piece for me. Oh, cool. It's going to be big. And it's going to be expensive. Yeah. But 
I love Super Friends. I mean, I built the Hall of Justice. Uh, I own 20 of the original pieces uh, from the cartoon series, original cells. Right. Um, so to have Tom do an original piece for me, that's pretty yeah, big. So, right. you know, and he'll do sketches for people. He'll sign autographed prints. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, come meet him, but not, not only Super Friends, he's done Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. He's done Jetsons. He's done Flintstones. He's done Smurfs. Mm-hmm. He did Fat Albert. He did... Uh, He-Man, mm. She-Ra, um, Thunder the Barbarian. He got to work with Jack Kirby himself on oh, Thunder wow. the Barbarian. That's huge. Oh yeah. You know we're we're gonna do you know a panel with the with uh, we we've got three guys coming in. Mm. You know Tom's coming in. Uh, he's bringing in his buddies. Um, you know Mike Toth, who worked for Disney. He mm. was one of the lead animators on Mulan. Beauty mm. and the Beast, Aladdin. I mm. mean, you know, the Tarzan t- uh, cartoon series on the Disney Channel. Mm. You know, uh, he's worked on a ton of stuff. Um, and then um, his other buddy, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He was one of the animators for the first two seasons of The Simpsons. Okay. Uh, he even created, like, you know, about a dozen of the secondary characters. Okay. Uh, on the show, yeah. like a poo and, and all these, like you know, Mo. He cre- yeah, and Mo, yeah, he created Mo, <laughs> yeah. you know, he created like a lot of these yeah. characters, you know, um, so yeah, I mean, we're talking some of the top animators, yeah. um, and then uh, Tom Cook also worked on King of the Hill, mm-hmm. so I mean, these guys work on Simpsons, King of the Hill, Hanna-Barbera, Disney, Yeah, these are some of the top animators in the country, and we're bringing them in as a, they come in as a group, uh-huh. and it's called Animation Alley, uh-huh. uh, and we're going to do a a panel with them called Saturday Morning Cartoons, uh-huh. and so it's just going to be great. Yeah. To, and they will do sketches. They will do you know. Um, I know the the gentleman from Simpsons. You 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 can come to the con and get yourself drawn as a Simpsons character. Oh, cool! Which is awesome. I think he yeah. to charge you like seventy bucks for that. Huh? And it's original. Yeah. You get yourself drawn wild. as a Simpsons character by one of the Simpsons animators for seventy bucks. <laughs> when else are you going to have an opportunity like that? It's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. So, and they'll both, they'll, all three of them will be here both Saturday and Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure which day their panel will be. Yeah. We'll be putting that out on the website and everything. You right. know, we're still working on the panel schedules. Uh-huh. Um, and then, do you remember Mystery Science Theater? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. 2000, 3000. Uh, yep. They're coming. <laughs> oh, really? We're bringing Mystery Science Theater. That just was... We haven't announced it yet. We just um, got confirmation yesterday. Yeah, I bet. Um, I bet. I, well, I'm they're, get, sell they're you getting a ready. Re- they're getting ready to reboot the show. Yeah, yeah. It's it's I, coming back uh-huh. in March. Yeah, and our cons in March, so we're going to be like one of the first appearances yeah. that they're doing. Yeah. When the when the show's getting ready to launch again, I know so many people who are huge fans. Mystery of Science that. Theater yeah. is coming yeah. to the Learner. <laughs> huge. That's going to be huge. Yeah. So I mean, we've got stuff coming that's just oh. Huge for Elkhart. Yeah. I mean, it's it's bigger than anything that's probably been at Elkhart. Yeah, I yeah, I I would not have expected the the mm-hmm. depth of the talent you've got coming. Oh yeah, that's it's great, and it's and it kind of fits all mm-hmm. all genres of pop right. culture, all ages. Yeah. You know, you know, there's not going to be a person coming to the con that is not grown up or familiar with one of the cartoons exactly. that just those three animators yeah. have done. Yeah. You know, there's going to be something there that they remember mm. just from those guys. Exactly. Much less the rest of the guests we've got uh-huh. coming. We've got, um, you know, we've got one of the guys on our board of directors coming, Scott Roseman. Mm. Uh, he's worked for Marvel, for DC, for Hanna Barbera. Uh-huh. He's worked for Disney. He's worked for Cartoon Network. Um, you know, uh-huh. he's done Space Ghost. Uh-huh. Uh, he's done Batman animated. Uh-huh. You know, from the '90s, X-Men animated. He's worked on that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, Scott's, you know, worked on just a ton of wow. stuff too. And he's such a great guy. He's kind of like a big Santa Claus, uh-huh. you know, Scott's yeah. a bigger guy, but he's, he's like a big lovable Santa Claus, uh-huh. you know, he's like a Santa Claus that can draw comic books and cartoons, <laughs> you know, he's, he's a great guy. We've known each other for 20 years. He's on the board of directors here at Hall of Heroes. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, we've just got, uh, one of the other original guests we have coming is Tim the Balloonatic. Okay. Tim the Balloonatic. Tim is, um, also a good friend of mine. He is the uh, number one balloon uh, artist in the world. Okay. Uh, he's held the Guinness Book of World Records for nine years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he can make any 
character you want out of balloons. Wow. And he does it like a flash. I mean, just to watch him go, it's it's crazy. Huh. It's crazy. That's just, nice. You know, yeah. and he whips it out. Uh-huh. Um, and then he's uh, he does like Gen Con down in Indianapolis. Uh-huh. If people go to Gen Con and they've seen like the 20-foot dragon out of balloons stuff, uh-huh. Tim did that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's going to try to make a great big hall of justice in the lobby of the learner uh-huh. out of balloons for us. Cool. Yeah. You yeah. know, if he's got time to do that, uh-huh. but you know, people go and he's only like 10 bucks or something. Yeah. Get a character made out of balloons, uh-huh. you know, and, and he uses these balloons that last for like a week or two. Right. So it's not right. something you aren't going to have for a couple hours. Yeah. You know, yeah. it'll last a while. Uh-huh. Um, but it's amazing just to watch him do it. Uh-huh. You know, and yeah. like what you want to do is like you bring your kids to this. <laughs> uh-huh. And film it. Right. Exactly. You know, like on your phone or something, yeah. you know, have them stand beside him. Yeah. And he'll, you know, and just, and just film it, you know, yep. and make your kid's character. Right, right. For him. You know, that he does uh-huh. heroes, villains, Disney characters, whatever. Wow. You know, Tim can do it. That's neat. That's it's neat. amazing. I mean, just the talent that we have coming. Yeah. Is, you know, is national level talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really. And it's is. just, it's going to be something like Elkhart's never seen before. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do events here at the museum, but. It's, you know, and, and we've had a couple of these guys here, just one, uh, but this is where, I mean, yeah. you know, I've done cons for 25 years in one capacity or another. Yeah. And, and I wanted to put on a con that I knew people would love that, that, that I knew that would be a, a great experience for people. Right. And we, and we keep the tickets very affordable it's mm. like 30 bucks mm. for adults for the weekend and you know for the two days yeah and we're gonna have um you know mystery science theater on saturday night uh-huh. um at six after the con closes in the learner's theater we'll have the um mystery science theater i'm not sure what film we're gonna have them do yet because uh-huh. you know how they do that you yep. know they do things with film. <laughs> We're, yeah. we're going to do that. They're going to do a show uh, like that. And oh. we, we we haven't uh, decided on the movie yet uh, that we're going to do. But we thought about like maybe Killing Joke or something, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Maybe, you know. Right. So, yeah, we're still kind of we're discussing it with them. Yeah. That's, but, yeah, that's going to be. That's We've really got cool. some great talent. We've got one of the artists from uh, Magic the Gathering okay. coming in. And uh-huh. um, you've got. You're we, covering all the bases. We are. Yeah. We, we really are. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got just some great guests coming. I'm so excited about uh-huh. Elkhart Con. Right. Um, you know, definitely we want people to come out. We want it to be a success. So it's uh-huh. every year it's it gets bigger and right. better and we can bring in, you know, bigger and better guests. And, right. So this is March 11th and 12th. March 11th and 12th, yeah. And there is, I know there's a Facebook page dedicated to the event. Yes, there is. And there's also a Facebook page for you. And there's a website, Hall, yep. Hall of Heroes and the website. Yep, so. there's a website. Yeah, that's that's all out there. Um, and, you know, and we're going to have, you know, things going on at the stage of the learner all weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, Dean Kane's going to do a Q&A one day. Alan Bellman's going to do a Q&A. I'll be doing my comics from World War II mm-hmm. panel on stage one day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to have the, you know, the animation guys up on stage one, you know. And most of the panels are an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have the cosplay contest, which, you know, there'll be some cash prizes and mm-hmm. things for that. Right. Um, but then there's going to be a lot of events involving the downtown mm-hmm. as well. Um, we've got, uh, we're going to have Saturday night. Night. Um, I think I can't remember the name of it. it's the dance studio that's downtown. Uh, they're okay. going to be doing a um, nerd speed dating. Okay, which will be interesting. <laughs> you know, that's I've seen that done at some cons, and uh-huh. I thought it would be a good attraction for ours as yeah. well. So we're going to be doing that. Um, uh, Lucky Dad Brewery is going to be coming up with a special beer just for the con. Oh, cool! So beer connoisseurs, yes, come out for that. Um, so we'll have that. We're trying to decide on a, on a name and everything uh-huh. for that. Um, so uh, we've just got a lot of great, you know, things that are, are going to be going on, yeah. tying in with the whole downtown community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a great thing. Right. Um, a lot of people are coming from out of town. We'll probably be busy here at the museum. Right. Um, no doubt. I'll be at the con all two days. I'll probably be pretty much isolated to being on stage mm-hmm. the entire two days. Right. Just because I'll be emceeing pretty much all the panels mm. and the events that'll be going on stage. Right, right. Mm. Wow. Which is fun. You know, I yeah. mean, I do that for a lot of the cons. I've got experience doing that, so uh-huh. it just kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. 
That, that sounds like such a good time. It, it is. I mean, yeah. The, the yeah, the Holly Heroes Con is going to be just yeah. amazing. We've yeah. got so many great people working on this. We've spent over a year just putting it together. Yeah. Um. You know, the city is is you know has helped put up some yeah. dollars for it. Right. Uh, we actually have uh, several corporate sponsors mm -hmm. uh, that are you know supporting it. Um. So it's it's going to be great. Right. You and know, your museum is just the coolest. Well, thank right? you. I appreciate it, that. So. A lot, lot of nostalgia. There is. Yeah, I'm looking. I, I really can't wait till we get man. to the newer, the yeah. newer location, and yeah. then we can display everything better. Right. Saw upstairs. We just put in brand new display cases uh -huh. up there. Yeah. February, um, and I'm hoping that we have them in time and have it the downstairs converted before the con. Mm -hmm. Um, that we have that done. But yeah, right. we're gonna be. Yeah, and we'll be we'll be set up. We're gonna have the Ghost Rider motorcycle at the con. Uh -huh. So we'll actually have opportunities where people can get pictures mm -hmm. with this, the Screen Years Ghost Rider bike and yeah. the um, Chris Evans Screen Captain America Shield. Okay. Those will be at the con and mm -hmm. available for picture opportunities for folks. Excellent. Uh, for donations. Yeah. Uh, to help us raise money for our move. Yeah. 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 yeah you are. You're getting pretty big. We we are. Yeah, we're, you, we're packed to the you, gills. You're ready for some more square footage. Uh -huh. we, we definitely need it. <laughs> absolutely. And we're looking to be, you know, we're looking at spots up around North Point up by the toll road. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this has been very educational Good. and really cool. Be before I go, I want to get a picture of me and you by the Batman. Sure, absolutely. Uh, we can Batman do that. Costume. But I really appreciate you taking the oh, time. Oh, absolutely. To talk I appreciate to me, you coming Alan. out and putting me on your podcast. And we will uh this this episode will be coming up more most likely Monday or the following Monday, simply because I'm okay. doing some traveling. Make so. sure to send it to me because we'll put it on our Facebook okay. site. And we've excellent. got about twenty two thousand followers on okay. our Facebook page. Okay, excellent. So we've got a pretty yeah. good national following. Yeah. yeah, you get a few more than me, so <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we we've had ours going for a while, so yeah, yeah. Well, th thanks so much. Oh, Alan. you're welcome. This has been really cool. Cool.